this is not good for our skin. These toxins are getting into our body. They're creating a heavy toxic load. They're affecting our adrenal glands, which affects our hormones. And our body views anything that comes in like that that doesn't belong as foreign. Welcome to the Mindful Soul Center podcast. My name is Amy Adams. I'm the host and the producer of this podcast. This is part two of the interview with Shelby John. And in this section, we are going to focus more on the overall holistic living. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you to support this podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. It will really help to let other people know about the podcast. And please visit our website, themindfulsoulcenter.com. Let's get started. Have you always been into the kind of natural healing modalities more so, or did you transition into that? Has that kind of evolved or is that something that, cause I, I love like, um, uh, acupuncture and herbal teas and things like that. I mean, I, I found them like really, really helpful, but I mean, I know that sometimes people look at you like you're, it's a little bit better now, but in the past people would think, Oh, you're going to acupuncture. That's not real. <laughs> so, right. 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 Um, I did transition. Um, I grew up in a, in a family that was, you know, a relatively normal American family. I mean, we were relatively healthy at that time in the eighties, you know, um, we had a garden. My dad is really into nature and backpacking. So we definitely had that part of our family, but they weren't really into, um, overly into health. And so I was always an athlete. We always valued fitness and things. Once I started having children or became wanted to become pregnant and start a family, I was definitely focused on sort of much more uh, of the holistic way of living. How can I raise these kids to be super healthy? I started really diving into nutrition and wellness. And I'm definitely not a Western medicine fan, except for big things like emergency medicine. Of course, we need things like that. And I kind of began to understand a little bit more about what was really happening in our country around that, um, how the pharmaceutical companies kind of kind of run our country as well as the big food companies. So anyway, in parenting my kids and my pregnancies, I'm always wanting to be much more natural. I, I you know, made my own baby food. I nursed my kids for 13 months. I mean, I, I did all the things. I didn't want them to ever be on medicines. And then actually when I had my third kid, we really, it was around that time maybe uh, we, we, we discovered a book called the China study that was uh, it's a compilation of 40 years of research by Dr. Campbell and his son. And um, it's pretty incredible. And it became like this textbook for our lives. Um, it talks a lot about all the different disease systems and their connection to animal products and dairy. And it was really, really eye opening and educational. So that began a huge transition for our family. That's when I really kind of jumped into learning more about um, food and wellness and things like that. I also do acupuncture. Or I have consistently done acupuncture. I have a phenomenal woman in my life. I haven't been 
lately I thought I should make an appointment, but she's incredible. Um, she's taught me tons and I, I rely on her. We do lots of chiropractic work and ART. I use oils. We try to just keep things as clean as possible, food and um, in our home. And it's not perfect, you know, but we do the best that we can. I'm raising teenagers, so. Right. Well, do you have any kind of resistance on more on like, I probably, I would think the hardest part would be the dietary stuff, especially with teenagers. Right. They were raised this way. So like, yeah, it's hard now when they were babies, it was fine because I was in control of it. Right. So when I transitioned them, so for instance, when they stopped nursing or well, you know, when they're little, you transition them to milk, cow's milk traditionally is what normally people do. And I was not going to do that. And so I talked to my pediatrician and she was, she's phenomenal with, with me. Totally believed in everything I was doing. Very supportive. And she said I could transition them to soy milk as long as it was whole and not reduce fat. And so I said that was fine. So I just keep, kept nursing them and transitioning them to soy milk. So they never had any cow's milk at that time. And we just stayed that way. For a long time now they did have some until we kind of learned more about what that was what the harmful effects of that was so i we didn't have a lot of resistance then we had some resistance with the grandparents i will say um that was our bigger challenge like sort of educating them getting them on board and like helping them transition into you know why we wanted to raise our kids in a certain way but it's okay you know they mostly did what we <laughs> what right. we wanted and then as they've gotten older the best that i can do is to keep our home relatively clean in our home there's really nothing there's no cookies or I mean, occasionally we have like, there's some kettle chips up there now, because that was a special treat. There's really just like pretzels and nacho chip, you know, chip, tortilla chips, and like a lot of granola kind bars and a ton of produce and fruit and, you know, healthy cereals and things. But there's really nothing else food-wise in our home. So what they do when they leave here right. is sort of on them. And they, they have been educated. They know a lot. Uh, I might say they do relatively okay. Would they make all the choices I would like them? No. Yeah, well, they're teenagers too, right? right? And I had to just accept it, you know. Like my, we were out at a tournament this weekend, and my daughter ordered a hamburger because she's been like doing that lately at restaurants. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, like what are you doing? But I just just say, okay, you know, yeah. gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and then also um, when we spoke earlier, you had mentioned something too, which I thought was interesting about like because I know like all right, having a clean, you know, clean food is one thing, but then also like body products and things too. Right. So right. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? I just, I'll just take a moment here to say too, like this is something that you teach to your clients too, right? This is something, yes. whole kind of philosophy. So it's like you live it and breathe it and you teach it and we all do the best we can. I mean, we're all not going to be perfect, mm -hmm. but it's, I think it's really amazing that I love that idea to like live by example, right. be a model of, and even with our own failings, even if we're not going to be perfect at it, it's uh it's really great to live, you know, live it and teach it and then help, you know, support others in that. Right. And I feel like that's the real blessing of my job. I get the, I have the opportunity to teach women about all of these things that we're talking about. And I've done that through my blog. Um, each week I do a different theme. Um, I've already done several things on nutrition. And then we, we started talking a lot about um, clean living, like in your home with your products. We talk about clothing. Even I have a friend of mine who has developed a, a white t-shirt that she's super proud of and it's completely sustainable organic cotton. So I had her write a little post about, about clothing, the clothing industry and kind of how it's treated, uh -huh. how the clothing is treated. And when we put it on our bodies, it does like anything you put on your skin seeps into your bloodstream and then gets into your system just like a food would. We just don't think of that when we're kind of going about our regular life. So, and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm wearing organic clothing. I'm not. But like, right. but when we become aware of things, then it gives us the power to make choices that maybe we didn't have if we didn't have the knowledge. So that's my job is always to educate, to bring things to light. I never judge people for their choices or their their misgivings because we all have challenges. I mean, look, I was away all weekend in this Kenosha city. I 
I had been working so much this past week, I didn't have time to do the preparation I would normally do for food to take with me. So I had to wing it. I mean, I, it wasn't ideal, but like I had to just get through it and I had to give myself grace on that and say, you know what, it was a couple days, like I could get back on track. I did the best that I could with what I had at that time. And next time I'll probably try to do things a little bit better or different. And I'd say the same thing to my clients. Like, look, you know, I'm going to teach you this stuff. I'm always about baby steps too. Like when we make a change, it's really creating sustainable change means doing it slowly and steadily so that it becomes habitual other than, rather than jumping all into something that you're not going to be able to maintain. Like I'm going to get to the gym six days a week, you know, and I'm going to, you know, that's not sustainable for most people mm -hmm. over a long period of time. So we sort of just baby step into like, okay, well, let's take a look at, the products you're using on your skin, for example. So I brought that to light in the blog post, and I started to talk a little bit about the things that I do. Like I use an oil face wash. I make it myself. It's very easy. I had no idea about this until a few years it came across in my world somehow. Um, someone told me about it. I did a little research, and I made it myself with a little, uh, put it in a pump bottle. I bought it on Amazon for three bucks or whatever. I use two different kinds of oil, almond and castor. It's a ratio. And then I put in um, some essential oils that are designed to be really good for your skin. And I and I use it every night, and it's fabulous. It's so it feels so good. It's like a spot treatment every night. I feel really good about what's going on my with my skin. Um, it removes my makeup and other things like we stop. I don't. I stopped buying any kind of. I wasn't really buying it, but my kids have all this like Bath and Body Works products. Like, uh -huh. and and if you read the labels on those things, there's a lot of ingredients in them. And one of the biggest problems with these things in our country is the is the fragrance ingredient. Mm -hmm. It often just says fragrance. Well, fragrance is composed of a lot of ingredients, yeah. but they're just not listed in there. It, it all falls under fragrance. So you don't even know what that is. So that's something that's kind of coming out now. Like people are starting to discover this. Yeah. So I decided like, you know, I started throwing some of that stuff away. This is not good for our skin. These toxins are getting into our body. They're creating a heavy toxic load. They're affecting our adrenal glands, which affects our hormones. And our body views anything that comes in like that that doesn't belong as foreign. And then it attacks it. So our immune system is like attacking these things and, and it creates a lot of it causes um, it, it takes a lot of energy to do that. So I personally don't want my energy being used to attack foreign objects. <laughs> I don't have a lot of energy. So I'm like, you know, whatever I can do these little tiny things. So instead of using those body washes, I put essential oils in my shower, like peppermint and eucalyptus. Mm -hmm. And I use a big puff, you know, one of those things you buy at the dollar store with some Dr. Broder's Castile soap. That's the kind of soap we use. And I drop a few of those drops on my puff and scrunch it all up and it gets really fragrant. It's so Peppermint is like um, the awakening essential oil, so you get really alive in the shower. It feels when you put that on your skin, it gives you like a cooling effect almost. Like your skin gets sort of mm -hmm. chilly, kind of tingly, and it's fun. It's refreshing. And like, okay, so now I don't have to buy all these bottles of stuff with a lot of stuff in it. That's just and a lot of times they don't even smell good because they just smell. To me, they smell fake. Like uh -huh. I can tell. Like it smells like chemicals. Yeah, when so, I actually, the area that I grew up in, there was, um, I grew up right outside of Manhattan, and, there, and not far away, uh, sometimes when you would pass on uh, one of the roadways, there was a factory that made uh, artificial fragrances. Basically, they were emulating, wow. I mean, they were probably making some natural ones too, but they, you know, that was their business, that right. they were making these fragrances, so right. you would smell like vanilla or something, you know, these, <laughs> sometimes it was very nice, but a lot of times it wasn't. Right. <laughs> well, there's a really fabulous documentary, too, on Netflix, if anybody's interested in digging into this more. It's called Stink. It's oh. on Netflix. It's really well done. It's a man, It's a father whose his wife died very young from, um, I'm not sure which kind of cancer, maybe breast cancer. They had two very young girls. And then he sort of 
uh, by accident discovered that the pajamas that he had purchased for his little girls for Christmas were wrapped in plastic. You know, they opened them and they smelled so bad. Uh -huh. And he get, became enraged by this and like wanted to dive into what, what are you putting on these clothing? And of course nobody would tell him. And then he, he just kept digging and digging. It was very well done, I thought. And if nothing else, if you do nothing else, now you're armed with the knowledge that they're putting things on our clothing that's that are chemicals right. that then go into our system and maybe you'll make a different choice in buying. Maybe not every time, but maybe sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because what you said earlier, too, by um, being educated, like we, and the more people that are educated about this, because I sometimes post something about plastic pollution or something on Facebook, and some people will say, you know, I didn't even realize that we had these big gyres of plastic in the oceans, or mm -hmm. thanks for sharing this, because now I know. And so even though maybe, uh, I mean, there's two parts of that, though, too. One of these things is when we hear about these things, we think, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? We're so helpless in the face of all of these things that are happening outside of us. You know, people are making these right. things. We can't control factories. We can't control big businesses and all of this. Mm -hmm. So there's part of it where we're just, like, freaking out and going, oh, my God. And then there's the other part of it where we're like, okay, well, Maybe, you know, now that I know about this, I'll, I'll try to be a little more conscious. Maybe I won't buy something. But, I mean, eventually, hopefully, there'll be more products that are uh, eco-based. And, and the prices have gone down with that, uh, luckily, because uh, about 20 years ago, they were pretty much out of, skyrocketed out of the roof. Like, organic cotton and the things was inaccessible. You know, you would want to get nice sheets or something. Or sometimes, even, uh, I think in Turkey, they were making organic cotton, like beautiful sheets and things. But they didn't label it organic, so people didn't even know. You know, that you can just get these sheets from. But, yeah, so I think it's great to have the education aspect of this is because then if we do do every little tiny thing that we do, I mean, it could just be something small. Like, yeah, all right, whatever. You like that dress. It's beautiful. Okay, you're going to get it this time because there's not another alternative. <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah, but you're going to try, you know, you're going to make it up for it in other ways and like how you eat or what you buy and the businesses you support. So. Exactly. I mean, we can only make change with our dollars. I mean, I, let's not kid ourselves. None of us, neither you or I, are going to make the world plastic-free, or we're not going to change that situation in the ocean. And I'm not going to change the fact that sustainable farming is an actual real option, and our factory farms have an amazingly humongous um, environmental footprint. Right. But but when we when we start to educate others and we just talk about it, if a lot of people begin to change the how they spend, that's the only way we that's the way we get the biggest change. We can speak with our dollars. And again, I'm just about finding some balance too. You know, what's ever going to work for the best for you or your family? You do the best that you can. Maybe you can buy local eggs, or maybe you can support your farmers through a CSA, or you can buy some of your clothing at consignment. We talk about that in our house too, because you know sometimes that's a better way of being um, not economical, but also just re reuse, recycle. You know, like being a responsible consumer. Right. So it all it all adds up. Every little change that makes a difference. You can make a difference too. All of our actions matter. I really enjoyed my conversation with Shelby and learned so much, and I hope that you will too. Now, if you want to learn more about Shelby and her work and EMDR and anxiety, you can listen to uh, part one of this interview. And I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, share in this experience today.